Maybe I've sold whole life insurance short all of these years. So let me just try to set the record straight. If you're somebody that would be inclined to invest in a bank product, I would strongly consider that you should look at whole life insurance before you decide to invest in that bank product because you're going to probably get better guarantees. You're definitely going to get better growth on your dollars. You're going to get a tax-free death benefit. The growth is going to be tax-free and it's going to be held by an institution that is probably one of the most financially strong and stable institutions in the world, a life insurance company versus a bank who loans out all the dollars that they take on for deposit. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with Hey, welcome back to Better Wealth Reacts. My name is Caleb Williams, and today I'm going to be reacting to the I Was Wrong About Whole Life Insurance. This is by Cash Value Life Insurance Reviews. Uh, this guy has a prominent uh, following on YouTube and, and reviews a lot of different life insurance. I would say, and again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but primarily he's all been about IUL. And there's this video that that came across uh, my desk. I actually am going to be watching it for the very first time. So it could be a clickbait trap um, or it could be something super genuine. We're going to be watching it for the first time. Part of the Better All 3 Act series is for you to just get more into my head. And we, you, we can learn a lot by just experiencing things together. And so without further ado, let's jump into I Was Wrong About Whole Life Insurance. Well, I feel like it's finally time for me to correct the record on whole life insurance because maybe I've been wrong all this time. That's real good. Hey, it's Matthew Decker of Leverage Wealth Management, and I also run Cash Value Life Insurance Reviews here on YouTube. Now, I talk a lot about index universal life insurance. I talk a lot about whole life insurance. I talk a lot about current assumption, VUL, uh, pretty much anything that relates to fixed products in the financial planning world. So that's life insurance, that's annuities. Those would be the two major things that we spend a lot of time talking about here on YouTube. And if you've watched many of my videos, you've probably come away with this feeling, this sinking feeling that I hate whole life insurance. And I could see why you might think that because I've been pretty hard on whole life insurance in the past, and some things happened to me over the last couple weeks that have me rethinking my stance. And I might even go as far as saying I've been wrong all along. So we'll get to that in a second. I'll, I'll say this. It's just starting off very impressive. Um, it's rare for people to on a public channel, especially for people that have clients and all these people watching to set the stage like that. Um, my respect for people that are able to say, hey, this is what I've come across. This is where some of my biases and now I'm shifting or I, I can say that I was quote unquote wrong. I have a ton of respect for. Again, I don't know what the end result is going to be. It could be we could all be set up, but overall tons of respect for you. Um, and yeah, let's continue. Before we kind of get to where maybe I was wrong, I wanna first just kind of recap the things that I have been saying about whole life insurance because there's still a lot of good information in there. And I'd like to just kind of refresh our understanding on whole life insurance. It's not gonna be super in depth uh, because a lot of the things I've said still hold value. And so we'll link the whole life insurance videos up here on top. That way, if you wanna kind of go investigate yourself, you can do that. But let's get 
right to it. So let's talk about some notes on whole life insurance. Uh, so the first thing to know about whole life insurance is that it's going to be guaranteed. Now, when we say that whole life insurance is guaranteed, uh, it's really guaranteed in a couple ways. So whole life insurance is going to have a guaranteed death benefit. So as long as you pay the premium that you're supposed to pay, the death benefit is going to be there. It's a guaranteed death benefit. They're also gonna have a guaranteed premium. Now what that means is if you start with a half million dollar death benefit policy, they're gonna tell you what premium you have to pay and that premium's never gonna go up. As long as you pay that stated premium, the premium being guaranteed, the death benefit is guaranteed. So you have a guaranteed death benefit, you have a guaranteed premium. The last thing that you're gonna have in pretty much every whole life insurance policy, in fact, I think every whole life insurance policy is gonna have these three guarantees, you're gonna have a cash value guarantee. And what that means is if you pay the premium that you're supposed to pay for the death benefit that you purchase, you are guaranteed to have a certain amount of cash value in that policy, no matter what happens. Okay, so that's basically how whole life insurance is built. You have a premium guarantee, you have a death benefit guarantee, you have a cash guarantee. And, and this is what I'll say, one of the common arguments uh, and, and that comes up in a whole life or UL debate is what's your definition of permanent? And, and if your definition of permanent means that your policy will last um, like guaranteed based on uh, certain premium guidelines, then whole life is technically the only permanent contract because IUL um, has benefits and the goal is for it to last your entire life. But even the people that, you know, promote and sell IUL will say that they're, they're technically, you can't technically RPU and IUL, you, you can, but there potentially could be uh, a premium requirements. And so uh, to, to keep it from lapsing. And so that's one of those things when it comes to the guarantees at, at its most fundamental foundational bedrock, whole life is built on guarantees. And a lot of times people downplay it to be like, oh, boring old life insurance. For me, we use it as an savings alternative. It's like, if, if I was saving and using my money throughout my life, I want my money to be in a place that's not, there's not a ton of levers. Now with all these guarantees, just something that you need to know, every time an insurance company adds a guarantee to one of their contracts, what that should mean to you is it's going to be more expensive because the way these products work, it's not like your bank. You put money into your bank, the bank doesn't hold that cash, they loan that cash out. There's no guarantee on your money over you know, the FDIC guarantee, okay? So that, that's the only guarantee you're getting from a bank. In life insurance, it's quite a bit different. If you give a life insurance company money and they have guarantees in their contract, they have to hold cash in order to back those guarantees. And if the life insurance company has to hold cash to back guarantees, it means they can't invest that cash, uh, at least not in risky vehicles, right? They have to be able to show that that money's going to be there to back the guarantees, which means they can't invest in high risk vehicles because there's no guarantee in some of those high risk vehicles. So every guarantee that a life insurance company or an annuity company adds to a product is going to increase the fees. It's just how it works. Now, if you were to compare that to the vehicle that we talk about most on this channel, which is indexed universal life, it's gonna look quite a bit different because universal life doesn't have near the guarantees 
that whole life insurance has. So what do we mean by that? Well, in index life, we'll just call it IUL, what's guaranteed? Uh, well, if we take this cash value guarantee, the only part of the cash value that's guaranteed in an index universal life insurance policy is they guarantee that you have a 0% floor. So that means your money's not gonna go backwards because the market is down. Now, you still have to pay fees, but that's not what this is saying. What this is saying is if the stock market or the S&P is down 10%, you're not going to realize that 10% loss, you're just going to get a zero. So that's the guarantee in indexed life. It's, there's not a growth guarantee in most policies. Now, some policies will have a 0.2% or a 1% or a 2% guaranteed floor, but, but by and large, let's just say that an index universal life insurance policy, it's not going to have the same type of cash value guarantee that a whole life insurance policy would have. Uh, what they're guaranteeing you is that 0% floor. In terms of the premium, there's not really a premium guarantee because they give you flexibility with your premium to pay more or pay less. And so an index universal life policy is not going to have a premium guarantee if it's built for cash growth. And, and the flexibility, as you can imagine, can be a, a major upside and downside. When you create flexibility for certain people, they can massively underfund it. And that's why Index Universal Life gets a bad rap because some people, um, are, are their policies are blowing up. And it's not all the agent's fault. It's because it wasn't funded properly because the contract itself allowed flexibility, but the flexibility ultimately created um, more problems because of the lack of guarantees. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. A common question that we get from a lot of our listeners is how do I learn more about the life insurance or the and asset strategy that I hear so often on this podcast? And we actually put together a resource with a bunch of written content, video content, a six part series. It's loaded with valuable content. You can go to andasset.com slash vault andasset.com slash vault or check out the link in the description. Now let's get back to the podcast. We'll put a little asterisk there for now because we'll come back to it. Same with the death benefit. The death benefit is going to be guaranteed for some certain amount of years, That's but huge. it's not going to be guaranteed for life. Uh, why isn't it going to be guaranteed for life? Yeah. Well, they can't guarantee it for life because they're giving you flexible yeah. premium. And so if you decide not to pay premium, they, they can't, you know, they're not going to give you the guarantee if they're also going to give you premium flexibility. Now there's a, there's an asterisk I said, uh, so let's talk about that. There are some IULs that will give you the option to add riders that will provide a death benefit guarantee. And with that death benefit guarantee, it comes with a premium guarantee, meaning if you pay this premium, this death benefit will be guaranteed. But something to know, typically those are not put on cash building products. So there is an IUL that is a death benefit focused product. Okay, so if you want guaranteed death benefit yeah. and you want it on a policy that has the opportunity to grow cash, those index life policies do exist and there's a place for them, but certainly most people in the index life space, they're looking for a maximum cash. Yeah. Uh, guaranteed universal life is a flavor of a universal life chassis that essentially if all you care about is a permanent death benefit, you can lock that in. And as long as you pay on time, uh, it will be one of the most efficient ways to pass on money, but you don't get any really cash value. It's just a death benefit play. Um, again, what, what he's talking about and what we talk about is using life insurance as a place 
to maximize cash. Now I talk about it more from a savings safe aspect. And I, I imagine that um, he's talked about IUL in all kinds of aspects, maybe even including it like an investment. But again, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and he's doing a great job so far. And if you're looking for maximum cash, what you would want to eliminate would be all the things that are gonna increase the fees. That pretty much goes without saying. I don't think that that's too controversial. All right, so let's talk about crediting on whole life insurance policies. We talked about the fees. Let's talk about how you earn interest. And so when it comes to how you earn interest on these whole life insurance policies, it's really pretty simple. Now we'll set aside any maybe unique products that have some kind of niche market and we'll just focus on the bulk of the products that all function the same way and that is you're going to get some kind of dividend from these whole life insurance policies. now the word dividend is being used differently in whole life than it would be used in a traditional investment what i mean by that is they might quote you something like a, a five or yep. a six or a seven percent dividend. When you think of a dividend being stated at 7%, you're thinking I'm going to earn 7%. Going to get 7% back based on my investment. That's not how it actually works in whole life insurance. Uh, they do have a stated dividend, but there's two sides to this equation and we'll write it out. So the equation for whole life, so we'll just say whole life growth is going to equal the dividend rate times the cash value minus the fee. Now this seems pretty simple, but when you are quoted a 7% dividend rate on a whole life insurance policy, they're only giving you the one variable, which is the dividend rate. So you might have a 7% dividend rate, but that 7% is not being applied to the whole cash value because first they're taking out fees and they don't tell you what the fees are. Let me say that again. They don't tell you what the fees are. And if you think I'm crazy, look at any whole life insurance illustration and look for the ledger that shows you the line items on their fees. It doesn't exist. You won't get a fee breakdown on a whole life insurance policy. So when you hear, well, why would you buy anything other than a whole life insurance policy? Cause you can get some kind of 7% dividend. Well, you're not getting a 7% dividend. You're getting 7% on some phantom number that is not disclosed to you. And when it actually shakes out, uh, it's really more like a four to four and a half. Maybe you get up into the 5% uh, internal rate of return, and we would be talking, you know, 30 years, 20 to 30 years down the road. Yep. So love, love all the talking points. This is the biggest pet peeve I have in the whole life space. A lot of people in infinite banking will say, you'll get arbitrage on your policy and you're making six or 7% because of the dividend and you're only getting your loan is lower. And it's like, all that's wrong. The way to really reverse engineer a policy and, and figure out the fees. And again, he's right. They don't, they don't say like, this is mortality and this is, this is the fee for this and this and this, but the way to reverse engineer that is an IRR calculation. So what we what we'll do is each and every year we'll run different internal rate of return calculations on on the same person essentially and so you'll be able to compare like okay did the fees go up but then also when we compare life insurance company to life insurance company you can have a company that has a greater dividend 
but the internal rate of return might be higher on a different one. That's why for for us, dividends are just this phantom um, number that I quite frankly don't even pay attention to. It's all about the internal rate of return because the internal rate of return is factoring in all the fees. And so while it doesn't spell out exactly the fee, you'll be able to compare your plan and really to see projections based on all those being factored in from day one. And because whole life insurance is built on guarantees and not necessarily phantom upside, it's it's more accurate than other illustrations that you can get. I, I'm, I'm sure that majority of people would agree that whole life, while it's not going to be accurate 30 years from now, it's, it's going to be more accurate than what some other illustrations out there, especially with IUL, because there's more variables that could change um, based on uh, now and in the future. Okay, so dividend rate on whole life insurance is a lonely number because it's only one piece of the equation. You need to know the other pieces of the equation to know what your actual return is going to be. It's not going to be the stated dividend rate. Now that's the technical way to describe dividends. Uh, and we could be more technical if we wanted to, but let me just make it a little bit more uh, down to earth here. In your whole life insurance policy, every single year, the whole life insurance company is going to pay a rate that they determine for that year. That's it. It's, it's almost like a fixed rate. So every single year, the whole life insurance company is going to pay you some fixed rate. That rate can go up from year to year. Most whole life insurance companies have always paid something, but they haven't always paid the same thing. So that's important. Uh, when you're looking at whole life insurance, you just need to know that those dividend rates go up and they go down. Uh, they're tied to interest rates. They're, they're tied to company profitability. Uh, and so it does fluctuate from year to year. If we zoom out again and talk about how that compares to kind of our more favorite product, which would be the indexed life policy, if we're talking for maximum cash growth, the reason that for so long we have been harping on the index life policy is because the fixed rate that you see in the whole life insurance policy actually does apply to the indexed life policy. Every single year, the index life policy is going to offer you a fixed rate. And that rate may be somewhere between four and 6%, let's say, uh, or three and 6%. But just like it fluctuates in whole life, it fluctuates in index life. Every single year, the company determines what their fixed rate is going to be for that year. And it can move up and it can move down. It'll move up and down based on interest rates, and company profitability. And so we actually have the same crediting mechanism on index life that we have in whole life as an option. Now, most people will not choose the fixed rate in the index universal life insurance policy. And when you don't choose the fixed rate, the company says, well, I understand you don't want the fixed rate, but we've been holding cash just for you in order to be able to pay that fixed rate. So what do you want us to do with that cash that we've been holding for you? And in the index life policy, that cash that was going to be paid in the form of the fixed rate gets paid into options contracts, also known as a hedge. And so when you look at an index life policy, you see lots of line items or, or lots of underlying index options that you can decide, take my fixed rate money, don't pay it to me, instead invest it for me in the S&P hedge. Underlying invest, invest it for me in the 
the Barclays hedge, invest it for me in the NASDAQ hedge, or any other you know, special index that the company might have. Why is that important? It's important because if you are willing to take a little bit more risk, and that's what you're doing here in this transaction, you're foregoing the sure thing, the fixed rate, it's guaranteed for that year, you know what it is, you're foregoing the guaranteed fixed rate for that year, and instead, you're choosing to invest that fixed rate into something else. In underline invest. That might pan out worse if the S&P's down that year, you're not gonna get a return. That's the 0% floor that we already talked about. But the S&P might perform better. And if it does, you capture that growth. And so what we've seen on indexed life policies uh, is the options hedge or foregoing the fixed rate for the opportunity to invest those dollars in some of the indexing options, the hedge, has resulted in a higher internal rate of return. And it should. And anybody who says otherwise is neglecting the fundamental relationship between risk and reward. The more risk you take, the more you should be rewarded. I, I disagree with this. Your definition of risk is your chance of loss. So if you take that logic and say, I'm going to drive 300 miles an hour on the, on the highway, great, you know, I'm going to get to my destination faster. Yes, or you could end up dead. So I think this idea of risk, I, I, I get where he's saying, and I'm not, I'm not going to disagree that if you properly fund an IUL policy versus properly fund a whole life over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, will an IUL policy outperform? Maybe well, we could debate this all day long. I'm not like, I'm not even sad or like, I'm okay if it does quote unquote outperform, but I'm also saying it could massively underperform, but I would agree with you. You should not do an IUL if you're not banking on greater rate of return, because that's one of the core reasons why people are, are flocking to this is for the potential upside. Um, and so that's the, that's the only thing that I would say from a language standpoint, I, I'm, I'm on board with what he's saying. I just may talk about risk and reward a little bit different. And that's what's happening here. And so if you want a maximum cash value policy and you're willing to take that's a little bit more risk than just simply collecting the declared fixed rate that can change from year to year based on interest rates, company profitability. If you're willing to take a little bit more risk, you can capture a little bit more reward. I think so far he's been spot on in how he's talking about it. We can we can debate certain language, but I think he's in a very fair, balanced you know approach to the whole life versus IUL. And that's virtually how every single financial instrument, the more risk you take, the more you should be compensated with reward, assuming it's an efficient vehicle. And so the reason that we typically lean towards IUL is because we have the option. We could take the fixed rate if we wanted to, and that would perform similarly to the whole life insurance policy without all the additional fees, which should give us a little bit better cash growth. But we don't have to do that. If we want to take a little bit more risk, we can. And for that additional risk, we have seen and experienced higher rates of return. And so here's where we come to, maybe I was wrong all along. Uh, we've been pretty hard on whole life insurance because my assumption has been everybody should be willing to take a little bit more risk because the risk that we're talking about here is not huge. Uh, keep in mind, the company is fronting you the dollars 
for the investment in index life, right? It's not coming out of your cash account. The company is holding cash for you because you could choose the fixed rate every single year. If you don't choose the fixed rate, they have to do something on your behalf with Invest. that cash. So they invest it. They're fronting the investment for you. It was the money they were already gonna pay you. So it's not much more risk. And because of that, I'm relatively young and I think, man, who in their right mind would ever invest in whole life when you could take a little bit more risk for a much higher upside and get a product that's gonna grow cash better in the form of an indexed life policy? And that's kind of been the tone of this channel for years. And maybe I need to rethink that. Let me tell you a story. So the way that we run our company here uh, at Leveraged Wealth is we don't, I don't take big distributions until the end of the year. This is just how we do things with our taxes. I get a very small salary and then at the end of the year, I get a big distribution. And so this year, uh, I took my distribution from the company. I deposited it into the bank. I immediately started getting phone calls from my bank trying to get me to invest that money in a bank product, a CD, something like that. Now I have a long standing issue with my bank uh, and I typically don't answer their phone calls because they frustrate me. But I kept getting these phone calls and so one day I decided, you know what, I'm gonna pick up this phone call, maybe something's wrong, let's see what they have to say. And sure enough, it was a local uh, bank rep who wanted to try to convince me to put my dollars into a CD at their bank. Now, they don't know who I am or what I do. They just know that, oh, I deposited a big check into my account. Let's do something with that money. Let's just not have it sit there. So I listened to their sales pitch. And, and finally, at the end, I, I kind of let the person down easily. And I said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. You know, this is what I do. I don't need your help. You guys can take me off your list. You don't need to call me. But the story continues uh, because around this same time, I was having to wire funds uh, for some purchases that I was making. So I was going into this bank often. And every time that I would go in there, uh, there would be a couple sitting with one of the bankers. And almost every time I went in there, I heard mention of the performance of their bank CDs. And so all of a sudden, these two things come together. I'm getting phone calls trying to get me to invest my dollars in a bank CD. I'm going into the bank to wire some funds and people are there talking about investing their dollars in these CD contracts. And I finally realized, man, I might have been wrong about whole life insurance all of this time because a whole life insurance policy is so much better than putting your money in a bank CD. Hey, listen, listen up. I'm, I promise I'm gonna land the plane, I think in a really powerful way here. The risk profile is really not much different. In fact, it might be better because the whole life insurance policy is at least giving you some guarantees. And since it's a contract, they're holding cash for you. I thought to myself, man, how many phone calls did I get to invest in this bank CD? 10, 20? So it must be working. If this bank is paying some employee to cold call people who have money in their accounts, it must be working. They must be getting people to invest in CDs. Because of that, it made me realize that maybe I've sold whole life insurance short all of these years. So let me just try to set the record straight. If you're somebody that would be inclined to invest in a bank product, I would strongly consider that you should look at whole life insurance before you decide to invest in that bank product because you're going to probably get better guarantees. You're definitely going to get better growth on your dollars. 
you're going to get a tax-free death benefit. The growth is going to be tax-free and it's going to be held by an institution that is probably one of the most financially strong and stable institutions in the world, a life insurance company versus a bank who loans out all the dollars that they take on for deposit. And so I don't want you to hear me say that whole life insurance is better than any other vehicle, but what I do want you to hear me say is if you don't have the risk tolerance to be investing in something like stocks or bonds, if your risk tolerance is much lower than that to the point where you're considering purchasing a bank CD product, I would tell you that it would really be worth your while to explore a whole life insurance policy instead and see what else is available. And if you do explore that product, I think you're gonna come away pleasantly surprised. So that's me setting the record straight on whole life insurance. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. It is much better than some other products that are out there being sold to people who just don't have much of a tolerance for risk. And if that's you, you should consider whole life insurance. So maybe that's not the mea culpa that you were hoping for. Uh, I still do love index life insurance. I still think that if you want maximum cash, maximum growth, maximum accumulation and income, and you're willing to take a little bit of risk, the index life policy is gonna beat the whole life insurance policy because you have the ability to take more risk. And if you have the ability to take more risk, you should be compensated with more reward. If you simply cannot get yourself to a point of being willing to take on really any type of risk in the market, then a whole life insurance policy is absolutely for you. All right, guys, I'm gonna do my very best to land the plane here and give my final thoughts on this uh, long but but well done video as it relates to IUL versus whole life. So here, here's what I'll say. Uh, fundamentally have um, some agreements and, and disagreements. O overall, I do agree that the epiphany about the bank CDs and if, you're, if you don't wanna take risk and all these things, um, whole life is better than the bank. I agree with that. Um, I also don't think that IUL is like the devil and is going to like your money is going to evaporate. Um, I don't like the concept of like he, he said, invest, 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 invest. And so if you're looking at life insurance as an investment straight up, if all we care about is life insurance as an investment, we're putting it in, we care about the number that it's going to turn into 20, 30 years from now, if that's all we care about, um, then yeah, if you're like, hey, I understand that there's potentially more risk to an IUL and I'm going to max fund it. I'm totally okay with people funding an IUL versus an alternative asset if they're properly funding it, knowing that it's like an investment alternative. Even though we can't call insurance an investment, I'm cool with that. My big fundamental disagreement is I I just don't think you're going to be happy, period. We just interviewed Bobby Samuelson, who knows these, these life insurance policies like the back of his hand. And I think in any time you're investing in an insurance product, you're going to get lower results. I think you're going to get lower returns. I, I really do believe that. Like I, I, wrote, I wrote a book on life insurance. I believe that life insurance is going to let you down if you invest in it. And so we talk about storing your money, storing versus investing, storing and using your money. And if I'm going to store and use my money, I would prefer to put it in a place that I have more control, more guarantees, because the the insurance aspect is not going to be the investment. It's not going to be the thing that's going to like, you know, um, hit a home run for me. I, I need it to hit singles and stay in the game so that I can hit my own home runs through investing in myself, real estate, business, and other things. Now, I'm sure 
that this cash value life insurance reviews um, in his company's name, he talks about leverage. I'm sure that he teaches his clients and how he can leverage IULs. And so the point that I would make is, can you do it? Absolutely. There are people that are teaching people on how to max fund IULs. In some cases, IULs can have a tons of liquidity. In majority of cases, they have less liquidity than a max funded whole life in the first couple of years. But the whole purpose is you can, you can even sell it as like wash loans and all these things. All I'm saying is there's a lot of what ifs and and levers and less guarantees and if i am putting my money in a place that i want to store and use and don't need it to hit a home run i want as little variables as possible and i want it as safe and 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 powerful and guaranteed as possible and i, I want it as less um, exciting as possible so that i can go and make make get my money working in other other areas including myself so that's the fundamental just disagreement is is if i was investing in an insurance policy for an investment and that's my only option i can totally see where people would say you know what i'm gonna roll the dice and do iul but i think if you give someone another option to say hey life insurance is the place to store your money it's gonna be better than a bank account it's gonna get you 10 15 20 30 years better way greater growth and more benefits when you look at the creditor protection the death benefit all kinds of other benefits like we can agree that this is better than a bank account but then the same philosophy is like life insurance periods not going to make you wealthy like i just really believe that it's not going to like you know over the next 30 years it's not going to like outperform lots of investments that's that's okay though because it's an amazing asset to have so then what are you going to do with it what how are you going to use it to enhance your portfolio and other areas and that's the conversation and then the real question i would have is is with that paradigm is IUL or whole life over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, what are the pros and cons? I still think you can still say that the IUL's potential pro is it being it being a greater number than whole life. I I would I would agree with that. Like that's the purpose. Like that is why people are doing and I putting their money in an IUL. Will it actually happen that way? I don't know. But I but I I would go totally get behind that. But I think some of the trade-offs that you that you get is some of the things that would be a deal breaker because I'm not looking at life insurance as an investment. I know that this is a, a long reaction. Um, we, we sometimes react to TikToks and short videos, but I wanted to watch this whole thing because I have a ton of respect for people out there that are willing to share both sides and, and kind of share their perspective. And I, and I do appreciate um, um, you making this video and, and, and overall would love to hear your thoughts and we will link his video, his channel down below. And uh, again, subscribe for more, send me videos that I need to react to. And uh, again, we appreciate you. And if you want to learn more about how we talk about life insurance, you can obviously subscribe to this YouTube channel, or you can check out the link down below and assetvault.com. This is where we have uh, a training, a course, uh, a 50 plus page handbook and more resources for you to learn how we structure life insurance, how we've used life insurance, and then you can talk to someone on our team if you want to see if something like a life insurance policy that's max funded, uh, overfunded would make sense for your financial situation. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.